Those are five, six killer prayer tips. And uh, EBC actually had those in our bylaws. We believe those. No, I'm kidding. We don't. Jed wasn't able to do the, the fifth one, the miracle position. He wasn't able to get it quite. But, um, but they are killer prayer tips. If you do these, they will kill your prayer life. They will kill your walk more than likely. So um, just having a little fun today. But as we, uh, I am excited to be here, get to share and talk about prayer and kind of the uh, being fit for life and, and what does prayer look like in our life. And um, the title, the series that we, we chose was Fit for Life, Training Yourself for Godliness. And if I was to title this message today, it would be Praying Like Jesus. I think he's a pretty good example of how we can uh, have a prayer life and how an example of who we should try to uh, um, imitate and, and be like. The first week, Pastor Judd talked about physical is a parable for the spiritual. Last week, he just mentioned, he talked about the Bible being food for the soul. We kind of titled that nutrition, kind of the nutrition part of that, right? As, as, as a physical fitness, the nutrition part. As we talked about, um, Judd and I, as we met, we talked about prayer and just how prayer is so powerful and it's so important. We kind of started talking about it and saying, well, what kind of the, the body can that represent? We thought, how about breathing? Because we're constantly breathing and we're constantly, uh, we don't stop breathing. And so um, today as we get into this, we're going to talk about prayer. And so I want to open up in prayer before we, we do anything. Heavenly Father, we just, um, we thank you God for, for today. And we thank you God for all that you've done. God, we thank you because you're a good God. You're a loving God. And Lord, um, Today, as we're here, I pray that you'd open up our hearts. You'd open up my heart as we as we get into your word and we, we, we try to learn more about prayer. I pray that our lives would be um, a life of prayer, that we would constantly pray. And so, God, be with us. Speak to us, we ask in your name. Amen. All right. So <clears throat> summer is approaching. You wouldn't know it by this week. Um, there was a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth. A lot of you were angry this week with the snow. And I heard it as Facebook, like everyone was like, can you believe this? Can you believe this? I was just like, I'm not going to post anything. But everyone was upset because here we're getting ready for summer. And all of a sudden this winter storm comes, the biggest one of the year. But if you're getting ready for summer and you're here, you're excited because it means mountain biking is just around the corner, right? Running, soccer. Uh, softball, summer softball, hiking, all the outdoor things that we do. And so as we as we get ready for summer, we're getting ready to get outside and, and go enjoy. And so as we talk about fitness, um, a, prayer, a verse that I wanted to share was James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so as we met with Judd and, and we were just kind of talking and he said, hey, I want you to to, to talk about prayer. He goes, I know a lot of people and you are the example of prayer. Your life is just, you know, he's like, man, you're up here. No, that's not it. He, he said, hey, I want you to talk about prayer. And I said, okay. And so I, I was praying about this message and saying, God, would you, would you teach me how to pray? Because, man, God, I'm not the perfect example. I'm not the, the, the model prayer life, right? God, I want to grow and I want to know you better. And so teach me how to pray. And we're going to look in Scripture how the disciples would ask Christ to pray. But, but he talked about breathing. We were talking about breathing and, and we were talking about how when we breathe, we are constantly breathing, right? Not a big wah, right? We, we know that. We are breathing constantly. 
And, and I'm not a medical doctor. I don't claim to be. I don't claim to know everything about the human body. But there were three facts that I, that I realized. It was, one, we are always breathing, even when we sleep. Did you guys realize that? That as, as human beings, we are constantly breathing. Whether you're sleeping or not, we are breathing. The second one is, if you stop breathing, you can potentially and more than likely die. I didn't realize. It's, it's a crazy fact, but that's the truth. And, and the third fact that I, as, I, as, I, as I was kind of studying and looking at breathing is there is a proper way of breathing. There's a right way of breathing and there's a wrong way of breathing. And that kind of like blew me away. Like, what do you mean? I, I've been breathing for 33 years. I, I feel like I, I'm pretty good at it. You know, I'm like, we're breathing. And, and, and yet, as the more I looked into it, there are doctors, there are people who are into fitness who talk about the right way and the wrong way of breathing. And so the proper way to breathe, I actually pulled up an article and it says this. It was titled, there's a 90% chance you're breathing wrong. So right now there's a 90% chance you are just messing up. You are like bottom. Yeah, you're no good. So it says breathing. Everyone does it. But are we doing it properly? Oxygen is a vital part of the body and not getting enough can lead to depression mental sluggishness, and negative thoughts. Lack of oxygen can also lead to a variety of other health-related problems. When we practice the art of proper breathing, there are many benefits, including relaxation, better digestion, healthier lungs, better immune system. The act of breathing is different from the art of breathing. Okay, that part, I was like, what? The, there's an act of breathing, and there's this, like... This art of breathing, hi, I'm good at breathing. I've studied it for, I'm like, what? And I've noticed just in, in, in reading this, I noticed that there are a few people here that are not breathing correctly. There is a couple people here that you've taken my breath away the way you just show. And so I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. And then it says this, many people do not realize the power of proper breathing and may not know how to do it. Did you know you can increase your lung capacity and be able to utilize more oxygen for your body? Did you know that you can inflate your lungs like a balloon to hold more air? These are just a few secrets most people do not know. So I started thinking about breathing, you know, and as I'm breathing, I'm thinking about breathing. And I'm like, okay, God, what, what does this have to do with anything? And okay, breathing. And, and then I started thinking about sports. I played sports. As you can tell, I'm in extremely good shape and uh, all my life. And I started thinking about my, my career as an athlete. And I swam and played water polo. And in swimming, you have to breathe the right way. If you don't, you will inhale a lot of water as you're swimming. There's actually a technique that, that you're supposed to kind of put your go here and just water's here and you're barely supposed to get a breath of air you don't want to take your head out too far because it'll slow you down so there's an actual art to breathing if you're a runner here who's a runner you know there's a way to breathe the guy who's running he's <laughs> not the right way okay there's an art to it if you're a weightlifter, you know that there is an art to breathing even while you lift weights you don't hold your breath bad things will happen you can pass out there's an art in singing, when you're a singer and, and, and you're taking lessons, what do they teach you how to do? Breathe. Breathe the right way. And so as I, as I thought about this, you know, there's, really, Lord, is there really a right way to breathe? I thought, well, okay, we eat food. There's a right way to eat food. Did you know that? 
Take one bite of your next meal you have. Take one bite and swallow and eat your entire meal that way. And see how you feel versus when you just chew. And they say take an extra ten chews or five chews and it's supposed to help your digestion. So there's a, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. You can still do it. If I say, hey, would you lift this heavy box? There's a right way to lift the heavy box and a wrong way to lift. The result's the same. You'll lift it. You may pull your back out the other way. You know, I, Arabelle, my daughter, five years old, got her tonsils out last, about two weeks ago. Longest ten days of our life. Pray for us. Um, the doctor, I mean, she literally would just sit there and talk to you or, or just sleep and, you know, they, it was just huge snoring. They would, uh, they rate tonsils by, by one through four. Four, one being small, four being ginormous. She was a four plus. He's like, I don't know if she's alive. I mean, what kind of parent are you that don't, didn't pull your kid's tonsils? I don't know. But he's a, she's literally a four plus. He's like, yeah, we gotta get her in here. We're gonna pull her tonsils next week. And so, you know, she would literally wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and he said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna pull him. It's gonna be a different kid. She's going to be able to, to sleep better. She's going to be more rested. She's actually, because she's going to sleep better, she's going to have a better attitude throughout the day. She's going to focus better. She, it was actually affecting her hearing. She's going to be able to listen better in class. She's going she's to get more oxygen while she, she sleeps. So she's actually going to grow a little more. She's going to be like super kid. And I'm like, that is great. And I want my money back because it hasn't happened. But she's been really good. But just, uh, just the, the, the act of breathing is like huge. And so then I thought, so what? And maybe you're thinking, so what? Okay, then I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I love Jesus. I got some real issues in my life. I, I, I've, been, I've been struggling with some areas. I, I got some situations in my family that, that nobody knows about. Or, or I got some real questions that I have um, in my life right now. Some real concerns. And you're thinking, okay, so, so what's this breathing thing got to do with being fit for life? Well, here, here's the point. is Proper breathing directly affects our fitness. And without breathing, we die. We know that. Similarly, prayer directly affects our spiritual life, our spiritual fitness. And without prayer, we begin to spiritually die. You know, I, let me before I, I, I continue, uh, this message is not a guilt trip, okay? There, there's not a, okay, everyone raise your hand if you pray more than 10 minutes a day, more than 20 minutes a day, more than this. It's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's not at all that. I don't want to make anyone feel guilty. It's, that's not what this message is about. I think if we were to ask ourselves and everyone to say, okay, let's be honest, who can pray more? I think we'd all say, yeah, I, I could pray a little more. I don't know if anyone's here saying, you know, I, honestly, I've got to cut back. I'm praying just a little. It's really beginning to affect my, my Bible reading, you know, between my Bible reading. I'm, I'm only able to pray eight hours. And, you know, so we all agree on that. Second, I'm not up here because I've mastered the art of breathing. At times and many times, I'm, I'm not even at the art of prayer. I'm at the, just the act of praying, surviving prayer. I'm not this specimen of he is the picture. And so as we're here, we're going to together get into God's word and say, God, what, what do you want from us today? What, what do you want to teach us about fitness for life? Yeah, we get that breathing is, is huge and it's a part of fitness. But God, what does prayer have to do with fitness and what does that have to do with my life? And so, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. 
We're going to be going to a lot of verses, but I want 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to kind of be the umbrella of this message. So even when we refer to other verses and other passages of Scripture, always remember 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. Three simple words, three powerful words that we all know. Today, if you don't know this verse, you can memorize it. I promise it will be easy. Pray without ceasing. That's it. Pray without ceasing. To cease is what? To, to, to come to an end. And, and here the, the scripture is telling us, hey, when you pray, don't let it come to an end. Don't let it stop. Pray in the morning. Pray as you're getting breakfast. Pray as you're, you're, you're driving to your car. Pray as you're in the car going to work. Pray when you get to work. Pray while you're meeting with your boss. Pray while you're having a meeting. Pray before lunch. Pray during lunch. Pray after lunch. Pray in between your 3 o'clock break. And, and pray on your way home. And when you get home and you're talking to your kids, pray during that time. Pray while you're cooking dinner. Pray after dinner. Pray before you go to bed. Pray in the middle of the night when you get up and get water. That's the act of praying without ceasing. It's not like Chachi praying 32 hours straight. What? Huh? I, oh, you know, this, this, this religious view of, oh, I got to, in order to pray, I have to be in my room or I have to have read for 15 minutes and then I have to pray for exactly 30 minutes, 29 minutes and 58, 59, good to go. It's not that. And in scripture, we, we, we see a lot of passages where, where, where prayer is mentioned. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, And this is my prayer, that you, your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. James chapter 5, verse 16, here we're talking, The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's powerful. We look in epistles and we see Paul's letters and he's talking about prayer. He's talking about, I'm praying for you guys. Please pray for me. Hey, I'm in prison. This isn't fun. But my, my, my desire is for the word of God to get out. So pray me pray that god's message would be would be sent out in psalm chapter 51 david has committed adultery he's 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 committed adultery and he's killed this this lady's wife Bathsheba's wife and her uh, husband and and has murdered him and sent him out to war and all this and if you don't know the story, it's in, it's in uh, the Old Testament. And here's a story where, where David says, God, create in me a clean heart. Cast me out of way. And so you look at that and you're like, wow, here's, here's this guy, David, just praying a conversation with his God saying, man, God, I screwed up. Please forgive me. Don't leave me. I, I'm horrible. I've, I've committed this horrible act. I'm sorry. And so today, as we, as we look at Scripture, I want to have three points today. The first one is pray like you're getting to know your dad. Pray like you're getting to know your father. Pray like you're getting to know your dad, right? Second point is pray without ceasing. We talked about that in First Thessalonians. That's kind of the, the overall umbrella verse. And thirdly, pray trusting that God knows what's best. You know, a lot of times I think we, we, we tend to complicate what prayer is. And we tend to, to, to say, I, I, I don't really know how to pray or, um, you know, I'm pretty good, but this guy's better. So maybe maybe we're, we, have, we have trouble praying out loud. I'm pretty good at praying by myself. But in a group, ew, that's where it gets a little uncomfortable or um, I'm not very good. And we begin to limit, really, God. 
And it's not complicated. And we look here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. The Lord's Prayer. They thought about, okay, what can we do for the first, for the first section of this? Pray like you're getting to know your Father. I thought, you know what? I want to be like Christ. I want to, I want to follow Christ. I will never be like Christ, but I want to strive to be better. And I want to, I want to look at him as my example because he was perfect. He was fully God. He was fully man. He's a pretty good one. And look, here's his Lord, the Lord's Prayer. And so that's the portion we're going to read. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And if you look in Luke chapter 11, uh, the disciples are, 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 are say something profound. They say, would you teach us how to pray? Now think about that. You're, you're with Christ. You've seen miracles. You've seen him calm the storms. You've seen him uh, pray for, for people who were sick and, 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 and healing came. And you've seen him do miracles, feeding the 5,000. You've seen all these things that Christ has done. You're with him. You're, you're, you're retreating with him. You're praying with him. You're, you're walking with him. You're taking naps with him. You wake up. You're, you're following this man, Christ. And you lean over and you're like, hey, would you teach us how to pray? My first thought was, how could you not know how to pray? You're, you're with him. But it goes to show how, how we constantly need to look to Christ. And so in chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, it says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So pray like you're getting to know your Father. You know, a lot of us know this portion of Scripture. We can say it, and it was one of the first portions of Scripture that we memorized. And you say it, and at times I think it's kind of like John 3.16. If we're to ask, hey, what's John 3.16? Everybody says, forgot to love the world, they gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And we all know it, and it just becomes a verse that we know, and we go through, and we don't really stop to think about the power of that prayer. And as we look at the Lord's Prayer, it starts out by saying, Our Father. Our Father. Some of you call your father Dad. Pops. You've heard him as my old man, right? Dad, Daddy. Maybe your dad wasn't in your life. You know someone who was. You can be as an uncle or a grandpa, but someone that you look to you know, for me, I called my dad Papi. And I spoke, speak Spanish, and um, that's what I called him. It's literally translated Daddy. But when I say Papi, to me, it's more, it's more intimate. It's just the way it is, I think, because when we get to heaven, everyone's going to speak Spanish. So I just assumed that, um, that that's how it is. But as a dad, as, as a dad, now that I've got three daughters, I look at them. And, and I remember when the first one was born, it was that question of, what do you want them to call you? Dad, Daddy, Papi. I said, I'm going I'm to have him call me Papi. So I always looked at him and said, Papi, Papi. And now they'll say, hey, Papi, can I have them talk to me in English? And then, um, and then I respond in Spanish. They understand. And then they respond to me in English. And then I respond in Spanish. And I'm trying to teach them Spanish. And so to me, I, I like when they call me Papi. I, I like it. To me, it's, a, it's intimate. And it's just, I love you. And so I love my girls. And as they, as they come to me, they always ask for things. They'll, they'll ask and they'll approach me um, because they love me, because they know I love them. They know that if, 
if they were to ask, hey, can I have some water? And I was like, what do you mean you want water? This is the first time today you've asked for water or the second time today. Get out of here. Go to your room. If I were to react like that, they would begin to withdraw. But they've seen my character. They've seen that, yeah, they've gotten in trouble and they know that when I correct them and Cameron corrects them, we always sit down with them. Who made the decision? Who made the bad choice? Me, I made it. Okay. What was it? I cut my sister's hair or something like that, right? It's, it's, it's something. And so they know the consequences. Do we love you? Yes. Did you have to go to your room? Yes. Why? Because of me. Okay. Do we love you? Yes. Let's hug. We hug, we kiss them, and they know. So they know they can constantly come back to me, come, come back to Cameron, even though at times we have to discipline them. And so I think about that, and I think, man, here's, here's the Lord's Prayer. And he says, Our Father. You know, one pastor says this, The key to growing in prayer is to not focus on prayer. The key to prayer is, is to focus on God. As you get to know Him as a Father, you will find yourself talking to Him. And I thought about that and I go, that's like, that's like my experience with my girls. They know me. They know me as a dad. They know that, that, they can, that I love them, that I have the best for them, the best intentions for them. And they may not always agree with my decision or Cameron's decision. They know that we love them. But ultimately, they know they can come to me. You know, as, as, as a good Christian, I was raised that you, you pray a certain amount of time. Or, and it was maybe never verbalized, but it was just, I don't know why I have that in my head, that you have to pray for a certain amount of time, and it, it has to be in the morning. God only answers prayer in the mornings. It has to be before the sunrise, and, and if you don't do that, uh, you can't do it at night. And if you pray at night, it's like you've forgotten about God the whole day. And, and it was just this thing that was instilled in me for no, I don't know who taught me or why, but it was just that religious view of prayer that I had growing up. And so we know that prayer is important. I think we can all agree on that. It's like breathing as we look at fitness and we look at the right way to breathe and how breathing is very important. Without breathing, we die. Without prayer, our spiritual life begins to suffer. And I thought about that. The key to growing in prayer is not to focus on prayer, but to focus on getting to know God as your Father. You know, I remember learning to, um, when I moved here, I wanted to ski and snowboard and do all that. And one of my favorite things to do was, was go through the trees. And, and I, I love that on powder days. And um, I'm the kind of guy that just does it and get frustrated because I'm stuck in the trees in four feet of powder with a snowboard. And I'm face up and I can't get up and I'm sweating because I can't. You push down and you just sink and then you, know, you just get lower and lower and you're like, God, why have you forsaken me? It was one of those. And, 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 and I remember skiing and, and I was like, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, man, I just, I want to go through the trees. Like, I want to go so bad. But I just keep, I'm like the human pinball. I just keep hitting trees. He goes, you know what the key is? I go, what? He goes, don't look at the trees. He goes, look where you want to go and you'll go there. I go, yeah, but there's huge trees, like, calling my name. I can't not look at those trees. And he's like, well, that's the key, is, is don't look at the trees. And so I began to try that. And if you're a skier, that's what you do. If you're a snowboarder, that's what you do. If you're going through the trees. And so after a while, I began to kind of cut through the trees. I was kind of getting good at it, and I enjoyed it. Because I was focused not on the, the, the tree, but on where I wanted to go. 
I think the same is true with prayer. When we focus on prayer, we begin to, to limit it and say, okay, I have to get the checklist off. I got to checklist or check off prayer. Okay, did that. Okay, I got to pray two times a day. Okay, got it. I got to read my three chapters for today. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I didn't read my proverb for the day. You must hate me right now. And it's that, and it becomes this religious view of prayer. Right? And saying, you know what? I just want to get to know my dad, my father. And I think when you do do that, as this pastor said, you do begin to converse more and more with God. I think the same is true when we're, we're trying to get in shape or we've got a, a goal in mind. I was talking to, uh, to, to a gentleman here um, who's doing the, last week, who's doing the Pikes Peak Half Marathon Ascent going upward i'm like i'd rather do the descent like let's tag team this i'll do the de- and and i go how are you running right now he goes yeah i'm running about eight nine miles a day just kind of get my cardio get in the base and all this and 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 i'm like man his goal isn't just okay i gotta get my eight miles out today it's this is the ultimate goal right here to be able to do this to get into shape to do this so the same is true in our fitness life but also our spiritual life it's a greater purpose so the more we try to get to know our father as a father, the more we'll find ourselves just talking to him. And so here he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our father. Our, our fathers is pretty powerful as we look at the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so it's, it's our father. Well, one thing you have to understand in the Old Testament that our father wasn't really a name for God. It was used a few times. I think it was 14 times it was used. And it was never used as an individual father, like my personal, personal intimate father. It was, it was corporate. He's the father of Israel. And, and here Christ comes into the picture. And he's sitting with his disciples. And, and he says, his disciples say, hey, would you teach us how to pray? He goes, yeah, I'll teach you. Here it is, our father. And now Christ comes into the picture. And he uses an intimate word for father. Jesus refers to, to God at over 60 times in the gospel as Father. Abba, which is a word that, that they would use, is, is a term that it was believed that little, or little children would use this and refer to their fathers. Uh, adults would refer to their dads as Abba as well. And um, you take that word Abba and you, you look what it really means. It's an intimate but respectful term for dad. The Jewish people at this time did not have that concept. They wouldn't put themselves as, I'm the son. I'm a child of God. They wouldn't do that. But I think as, as we look here, it's, it's, it's evident that God is, it's Christ is saying, God is your intimate father. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, a different part of scripture says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. That's a picture of a personal, intimate, loving father. Some of us maybe have trouble viewing God that way. Maybe you view him as, okay, I go to church, I pray to God who's way out here, and yeah, he'll answer prayers, but he's not intimate. He doesn't want to get to know. I remember somebody told me, man, God longs for you to talk to him every day. And I thought, man, you mean God like desires me to talk to him? They're like, yeah. So our Father, and the next two words, in heaven. 
So we got God as an intimate father. And then it says in heaven, 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 like it's big. It doesn't get any bigger. Heaven is where God reigns, where, where God rules, where everything is perfect. The creator of the universe, heaven, it's, it's huge. And so we got this, this prayer that Christ saying, okay, disciples, this is how you need to pray. God, who's intimate with you, he wants to get to know you. And he's God. He's in heaven. He's bigger than you'll ever know. Those two combined, it's powerful. He teaches us to pray that way. He goes, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I kind of broke this Lord's Prayer into two portions because we know it. And I think we all kind of secretly favor the second half. Give us today our daily bread. It's the me portion of the Lord's Prayer. Oh, man, this, is, I'm, this part I'm good at. I can focus on the me part. Oh, forgive me my debts, God. Oh, I've got so much debt. Lord, go, oh, Lord, please help me provide, me. provide my daily bread for me. Right? We got that part. But here, he says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Christ is saying here is, God, Father, holy is your name. He says, God, I have, Father, I have a passion to see your kingdom come. Your priority is number one. The needs of, of what you want and the glory of who you are far exceeds my little desires, the second part of Scripture, give me today, give today our daily bread. He's saying, first you, whatever you want, all for your glory, and then me. And the second part, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our daily bread, daily provision, our food, our finances, our, 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 our needs. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Oh, Lord, would you help me? I'm tempted. I'm, I'm going through trials right now. I'm dealing with this. Deliver us from evil. God, keep me safe. Lord, would you please? But are we really praying, God, provide, keep me safe. Watch over me. Protect my kids. Just, just... Wrap your arms around me, but not at the expense of who you are, God. Not at the expense of, of your glory. Do we pray that? And here Christ is saying, this is how you should pray. That God get the glory and that he would provide for you. I think a lot of times we flip those two around and say, God, yes, get your glory. But Lord, I really need safety. My, 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 my kid is hurting I need. I have certain needs in my life, Lord. And we don't always want to see God as an intimate father. We want to see him as someone out here. And yet, Christ is saying, no, this is how we pray. So in order to remain fit for life, we should seek God as our father. So pray without ceasing, the second point. Looking at our physical life, you know, I like to breathe. Breathing is good. Prayer is something that we're instructed to do constantly. We're constantly breathing. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Verse 17, we always know, is pray without ceasing. But I wanted to sandwich that in with rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to learn to pray like Jesus, we need to pray without ceasing. 
So as you get to know God as a, as a father, as a loving, gracious, he wants to spend time with you, dad, the easier it is. When we rejoice, the first portion, verse uh, 16, rejoicing. Give us today, or excuse me, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? How many of you honestly were rejoicing when this snowstorm happened? I mean, some of you. How many of you were honestly like, this is ridiculous. It is almost May. Well, God, I don't know if you got the memo, but I've already put my winter stuff away. God, like, my running shoes are out. Are you serious? I just washed the car, God. And yet... How do we respond in, in daily situations? The Apostle Paul, the, the portion that I, one of my favorite portions in, in Corinthians, when, when it's talking about Paul, and he's talking, or he's talking about his trials and him being shipwrecked and cold and naked and hungry and being sought after, after, after his own countrymen and they're wanting to kill him. And here's the Apostle Paul just kind of not having a good day. And yet the life of Paul is joy. Hey, I've got joy. Is prayer. Rejoicing always. Second part is, is, is pray without ceasing. To constantly communicate with Christ or with God. To constantly say, God, would you, would you be with me? God, for your glory. Lord, whatever, whatever it takes for your glory today. I think it's, it's human nature, it's difficult circumstances that cause us to, to want to rely on our own strength. And I think about the question of what would our lives look like if we prayed about every situation? I mean, when your kid got you angry and you, you wanted to say, ah, and you said, hold on, Lord, give me strength, give me wisdom. When someone at work cut you down and, and you want to respond when you want to, when your flesh rises up and you want to do something, to just say, okay. When a financial decision has to be made and, and we have to seek the Lord. What if we really believed in the power of prayer? I know we do, but I think about what if we really believe that, man, I've been praying for my, for my uncle and my cousin to, get, to come to know Christ. And, and it hasn't happened yet. It's been like eight years. I'm getting a little discouraged. Or what if we looked at it like, man, God... You're faithful. You're a loving God. And you're in heaven. And you rule everything. And you want them saved. What would that look like? The final part of that scripture is, And everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 11.27 says this, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Here's Paul. And still he, he would give thanks. He, he's just a, a man who, who loves the Lord, prays. You know, this past week, obviously, as we all know, is a extremely difficult week for, for many. The Waco explosion, the Boston Marathon. An eight-year-old boy who was, who was killed and an officer who was shot. There's a lot of things that happen. I think when we go through weeks like this, we ask, how do we thank you, God, in a circumstance like this? Questions come up. God, where were you? Why did you allow this to happen? 
God, why would you allow of all uh, an eight-year-old boy to get killed? Plus the, the, the hundred and so people that were affected with shrapnel and, 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 and wounds, permanent wounds that they'll have and, and all this. God, why? Some would probably say, God, why didn't you just create a world without sin? Why didn't you just create a world without any problems where we wouldn't have to deal with this? And the answer is, he did. He did in Genesis 1.31, as we, as we look at the Old Testament, first book of the Bible, it said, God saw, God saw all that he made and it was very good. This isn't the world that we're intended to live, live we're intended to live like this. But as humans, as, as human nature and as, as sin nature comes and, and constantly wants to do things their own way and, and wants to, to be God, things happen. The fall of man. And I think in, in circumstances like this, we ask, God, how could, I, how could I rejoice? How could I, in everything, give thanks? But this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How could I give thanks in a situation like this week, Lord? And well, because we rejoice in who, who God is. We rejoice that God is our loving Father. And that as a loving Father, just like maybe some of you have kids, you want the best for your kid. And to trust and to know that that's God's character. We don't rejoice in the tragedy. We don't rejoice in the circumstance. We rejoice in God. These are all acts in this portion of Scripture. These are all acts of communicate, communicating with God. Three, pray trusting that God knows what's best. If Christ is our example on how to pray, then we'll let's look at his life. As we look at uh, John chapter 6, verse 38, it says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Luke 22, verse 41 through 42 says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This is a hard prayer to, to, to pray, God, let it all be for your glory. I've shared this before, and I, I can't think of a better illustration, but... When, when our girls were born, um, especially the first one, because it's the first and the first one's always, you know, a little special. I mean, it's special because everything, you go through the nine months, the, everything, the birth, the whole process is new. But I remember me and Cameron were, were, were there and I said, God, if, if, if you know that, that Belle is going to ever walk away from you, if you know that she's just going to grow up and and hate you and not want to live for you, would you would you take her now, early, whenever? And it, it took me a long time to pray that. I mean, I literally sat there and was like, God, I love her enough that I want to see her in heaven. And I remember when, about a year or two years later, she had cracked her head on a swing and it began to turn to from one thing to the next and she's going to the ER and they're like, yeah, we got to take her to Denver Children's Hospital. She's got an inch and a half skull fracture in the back that's all the way through and her brain could be swelling and, and, and Cameron's in the ambulance with the, with the uh, paramedics and they're driving to Denver and I'm behind them and, and that thought, that prayer came to my mind. 
And I thought, Lord, is this, is this, is this it? Like, is this, you're answering my prayer, God? And I remember just sitting there driving and thinking, this is, this is weird. I have this extreme peace that if, if the Lord were to take my baby, that he would, it was for his glory. And there's some here who've lost babies. And just, I could never understand what, or know how, how to deal with that. But you know that you're going to see your baby. And it's just peace that just comes from knowing that God, you got the glory before me. God, that you knew what was better for me than me. The God for eternity, I am going to spend the rest of eternity with my baby because you knew better than me. And it's really this act of trusting God more than, than we know and trusting God to know that he knows what's best for our lives. And here we see Christ himself, before he would get crucified, he said, God, if there's any other way, Remember, he's fully God and fully man, and he knows what he's about to endure. He knows the pain and the suffering and the persecution he's about to face, the, the, the fact that they're going to spit on him, they're going to yell at him, that they're going to mock him. And he would say, if there's any other way, take this from me. He goes, but not my will, your will be done. But whatever you want, God. And I think about that, I'm like, man, Christ himself would pray and know the, the deep implications of God having his will be done. And so if we believe that God is our loving, merciful, caring, loving dad, then we can have peace that, that he knows what's best for us. You know, Belle will often, often not want to go to bed and and she'll say, I want to stay up. I want to stay up. And we're like, no, you got to go to school. And every once in a while, we'll let her. And we're like, oh, we're going to pay for it in the morning. And we let her stay up. Nine, 9.30 hits. 10, 10.30, 11. And she's still like bouncing over all the walls. And then the morning comes up. Her hair's like, you know, oh, zombie. I'm changing her while she's sleeping. You know, she's going to school with saggy eyes and she doesn't even know what's going on. I'm like, man, I should have made her go to bed. I know what's best for her. But that little kid, sometimes, I'll tell you, she, she, she thinks she knows what's best. And I think about that now. Things never change. As an adult, there are times when I think I know better than the Lord. God, why would you allow this to happen in my life? Uh, and God's like, just, just trust me. Pray without ceasing. Know that I'm your father, that I love you. Know that I have the best intentions for you. I know what's best for you. And so as we, as we wrap this up, we did want to talk a little about just having that trust that God knows what's best for us and, and loves us. And so with that, I want, to, I want to close in prayer. We're going to take communion in a little bit. But I want to, I want to, I want to encourage you to, to, to say, you know what, today I want to, I want to just get to know God as my dad, as my poppy. This week as I was driving, I, I said, I'm going to challenge myself to, to pray without ceasing, pray while I'm driving, but 
instead of using father, because I didn't grow up using the word father. For me, in my mind, when I think of the word father, I think of someone saying father and not a relationship and just very distant. So I was praying, saying, Poppy, Daddy. And I, I was saying, Dad, would you just be with me this week? Would you would you give me the words to, to, to teach this message? Because, man, I, I'm so, I still fall short from the glory of the Lord. Would you teach me? Would you would you help me to be a better husband, a better dad? Would you teach me how to how to be a better friend? And so I would use that word, Poppy. But this week, as as you go to to remember that to get to know God as a as a loving, intimate dad, to pray without ceasing, constantly be looking to the Lord, and three, to just know that God has the best for you. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just, um, we want to thank you, Lord, for, for being a God who is, who is intimate and a God that, that loves us so much and a God that longs for us to seek him and longs to get to know us. And God, I pray that we would, as a people, desire to get to know you more, to know you as a dad, as a father, an intimate, loving, gracious father who's in heaven. And Lord, I pray that we would, we would never stop praying, but that we would pray throughout the day, that we would communicate with you throughout the day, and that we would know that you are a, a God that has the best for us. And at times we don't understand why things happen, much like this week. There's a lot of whys. And Lord, we may never know how you become glorified in this matter, Lord, until we get to heaven. But we trust that you will. And we trust that you know the circumstances and and Lord, right now, we want to just, as a, as a body, pray for those victims and pray for them and, and ask God that you would bring your peace in their lives, that you'd bring peace and that you'd bring comfort. And that, God, if, if, if these families don't know you, that they would know you as a loving God and they would know you as a God that desires to get to know them and that your heart is broken with them. But Lord, you're in control. And Lord, I pray for each person here who who maybe has situations in their life that they've not shared and things that are going on in their lives. And Lord, I just ask that you'd be with them and that you'd be with all of us. And so Lord, help us to know you better. As we look at prayer and the importance of it, let us look at it as important, no more important than breathing. And so God, be with us today. And as we take communion, Lord, we ask that you would um, bless us and bless this time of communion in your name.